Hey dudes, um, okay, so I went on a little bit of a rant, and, um, this is, uh, me during the editing process, and I just wanted to let you guys know that, um, the next episode will most definitely not have a rant that's this long, um, and... The New Year's Countdown podcast episode release party will start at exactly 11.30 p.m. tonight. So, it's going to go every hour. So, um, it's going to premiere at 11.30 and, um... The next episode will premiere at 12.30. Just to let you know. It's very ambitious. And I just want to let you guys know that I'm thinking of fun, new, exciting ways to help um, spice up the podcast. Okay. Now, back to the program. Okay. So, um, man, it's hard to... This all started with drunken sailors and cutting costs. Well, at least I kept it sprinkled in there. Okay. Anyway, back to the book. Okay. So, this is right after she says, what have Chrissy and Dad been up to? And then it says, Mom's glare probably stunted my growth. I don't appreciate this new attitude of yours, Ames. Quick cut. Um, that attitude is probably from the distress and uh, the disloyalty uh, of her father. Was not very loyal to his family in being um, the prime example. Once again, humans, they make mistakes. Understood. Understood very well. However... The mother is also allowing, you know, her hurt to get in the way of understanding her daughter who is going through something, okay? She didn't exactly go through the same thing that her mother went through. I know some parents who say things like that, like, I survived this, I survived that, I went through this. Okay, that was you. It it was not me. I understand. I get it. I know what you had to go through, but please understand and know that I'm going through something as well, you know? Um, so, sorry to cut, but, you know, mm-hmm. you've been said, uh, you've been sarcastic and moody. I don't need a ting, wait, I don't need ting angst along with everything else. Now, okay, hold on. We are going to trusted... Uh, most well-known <laughs> Google, Google, thank you, <laughs> was not acting right, <laughs> okay, angst, I'm gonna look that up, define angst, okay, alright, angst, a feeling of deep anxiety. Oh, it's a noun. It's a feeling of deep anxiety or dread. Typically unfocused one. An unfocused one about human condition um, or the state of the world in general. Adolescent or teen angst. Uh, informal. 
feeling of persistent worry about something trivial. My hair causes me angst. Okay. So, uh, wait a minute. I would like to say something here. Um, she was just reacting wittily to what her mother said about cutting costs and everything. She's like, oh, she literally, she just made a joke, a witty joke, okay? Um, and she said, I don't need teen angst along with everything else. And then Aim says, everything else what? Dad said everything was fine. So see there, there's two conflicting things they're not sitting down as adults talking to their eldest they may not want to delve into all of this with their youngest but they would want seemingly uh, a functioning family of like four and I think they have a dog I forgot but um they would want no it's a cat I think they have a cat or whatever but the cat is like you know I'm living my best life. Just feed me. <laughs> but um, in theory, you would think that they would allow their eldest daughter, who is, you know, being judged and, you know, people are asking questions to the daughter. She can't answer any of these questions because she doesn't know anything. And I know that a lot of parents who are like, oh, well, if you don't know anything, then everything will be fine. Well, no, because I don't know anything. How will I function without knowing anything? It's literally like, hey, you're hungry. Go make yourself some dinner. And there's like no bologna or anything, nothing singular for them to eat. Um, like an apple or like, you know, like it's all stuff that they have to mix together, make, bake, cook or fry. And it's like, well, darn, there are tools. I don't know how to use them, but it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Okay. That may be a little over the top, but I mean, like, honestly, the mother is being angsty, um, deep anxiety or dread, typically an unfocused one about the human condition. That is, she doesn't know what's going to happen with her family. She doesn't know what's going to happen with her family. Personally, her life is in shambles. And then the other part of the definition is um the state of the world in general so her little niche of the world um that she and her husband have um within this community it's crumbling down people do not know they don't know what's going on exactly but they know that it has something to do with his job and big money and they also know that all of this and and it's just a whole bunch of mess Okay, it is literally just an entire bushel of mess. And your kid made a joke. And I mean, you know, sometimes jokes have a lot of validity, okay? And it's like, well, not Chrissy, really. But let's ignore Chrissy in the in the question above. And um, her witty response um, about drunken sailors and rum and, and prostitutes and things like that. So, you know, that even, that lets you know it was a joke that she was setting up a joke. Kind of, you know, not the, not the joke you want to hear from your teenager. Maybe from a friend, you would kind of chuckle at it, but 
But from your kid, it's like sometimes parents are like, no, my friends can joke about this, but you can't joke about this, okay? It's serious. <laughs> and then they kind of look crazy when they're like, no, mom, you can't joke about this. Only my friends can joke about this. It's like the same dynamic. And it's quite funny. <laughs> um, but um, right here, she jumps into, uh, wait, no, back to the, the um, funny question. What? have Chrissy and dad been up to take out Chrissy what has dad been up to and that's the real question because the dad isn't being you know extremely straightforward I forget if it's his embezzlement thing or his clients or whatever and you can be charged with aid and abetting and since the wife knows she can also be charged um you know, and there, there's like other stuff and they paid for really expensive things and, you know, just wow. Wow. And, um, oh, it's, there's some more questions underneath this Google, uh, definitions from Oxford languages. It says, what does angst mean? A feeling of anxiety, apprehension, or insecurity, teenage angst. <laughs> That's the... That's the uh, example. What is an example of angst? A gloomy, often neurotic feeling, generalized anxiety and depression. The definition of angst is a feeling of anxiety or dread. A person who is extremely nervous about blood tests that she has to have done is an example of someone experiencing angst. Emotional turmoil, painful sadness, for example, teen angst okay so i think angst is just human but for teenagers who are learning themselves who are learning their body who are learning um the ways of society more just in your face because they are not seemingly children anymore until they are children i mean wow because one of the things oftentimes is like, hey, if you're a teenage guy and you're dating a college girl or whatever, and you guys decide to do the old tumble in the sheets or whatever, some people don't even use sheets. So I will just say sex. <laughs> so you decide to do that. You're in a place in your relationship where you want to but it probably isn't the best decision but it's a decision that you both want to make and you end up doing it and like one of your parents finds out or your, your friend or someone finds out and they're like oh my god you're you raped my kid and then it's like no I didn't <laughs> but um I understand like the age difference it's weird because it's just, it's a weird thing. Because when I was studying um, some time ago, is that childhood is relatively new. It's only a hundred or so. It's only a few hundred years old. Okay? So, centuries ago, there was like, no, your kid is just... You know, that's your, your kid. I think it's about time, you know. And that was often 
um, through if you hit puberty, if your body went through a growth spurt or not, uh, if, you know, you filled out or if your voice got deeper or because I know for, for girls as well, um, some older women who sound as if they are actually teenage girls, they're like, you guys, you, you, you guys might grow up. And your voice will get deeper or, you know, not really deeper, but, you know, like, even when that, I think that's another thing is like when they, when children or, you know, really young children, like, uh, you know, under 10 or whatever, but when children under 17, when they get they go through a bunch of things and, and they're full of emotion a lot of times their uh balls haven't dropped their uh breasts haven't sagged or something like that like they haven't they aren't there in maturity and emotion or understanding of life yet uh generally speaking so they also still have like a lot of characteristics of a child you know um how they see the world how um like how they talk how they dress if they aren't um heavily influenced by older people who are actual adults um like it's something that, like, is something, you know, that it's not, like, crazy or whatever, but, like, I really don't know how to explain it, it's just, you know, human emotions, when they're shown in a younger child, are seen as, oh, you're going through a phase, but when you get older, and you're like, no, I'm going through the same thing that I went through when I was this age. But now that I'm older, I'm an adult. <laughs> Other, like, older adults. They get it. I'm <laughs> like, oh, you get it now? Why couldn't you get it back then? I was, I was still a human person. So, um, an angst and, um, is angst and emotion and it's literally anxiety and frustration that isn't specific so I'm pretty sure that the mother she is specifically angry at her husband for doing the thing that he did that is helping dismantle the family however she can't she feels as though and this is just me looking in and I also read the book so you know she feels like her daughter will not like like this isn't something that I need to tell my child like I remember um we were only evicted one time in our life and it was because we had this terrible flooding um and one of the things that happened was there was a mouse that got in from another house in a few miles and they uh well a rat I would say <laughs> a maturing mouse and a rat had babies and then we had rats and then like they were like you need to go 
we are evicting you. And like my mother felt like she couldn't tell me. And I was like, well, why didn't you tell me? Well, it wasn't actually our fault. It was a freak of nature that happened. And then boom, like how am I supposed to control the genitalia of rodents that I can barely catch? I mean, come on now. And I was a kid too, so, you know, like, I don't, like, not saying that she would have put the blame on me, but, um, because I was, um, I liked cleaning up, and then there were times where I'm like, I don't feel like cleaning up, and it would be days that it would be like that, and one of the days was, you know, walked into my room, and because our building uh, manager, person, owner, he would just kind of like do surprise uh, inspections, if you would want to say that. Uh, they weren't inspections. He was snooping around people's houses, trying to see if there were more people living there that shouldn't be there. He was snooping to see if there was like any illegal activity, um, if there was something wrong so that they could up the rent to pay for this thing that was wrong that they didn't even report because it was something easily fixable that was uh, a regular occurrence for this particular landlord so um when when we did she she didn't break down and say oh well they're blaming me for something I can control this like I'm taking the role of my mother when I say this and so now we have to move she literally said it's because the house was dirty or whatever but I'm like hey, hold on this is the room that I was in like and yeah my room was dirty however like why would he be up here anyway when the rats are in the basement <laughs> like come on now you know and when we moved in there was like a horde of spiders in every corner so I, I'm not understanding. I don't even understand why we were like, because we moved there. Like, I was so itty bitty. I don't remember what age I was, but we moved there. And one of the things that my mother always hated was that there was a bunch of spiders and we had to bomb the house. We had to bomb the house a lot to get all the spiders out. And then we started moving everything in, cleaning up, and then we didn't see the spiders anymore until the summertime. So that was something that we were, like, it's synonymous with summer. Spiders come out, oh man, it's getting hot. Summer is here. So, you know, and then, you know, I, I understood that, you know, she was frustrated. And so the only way that she could really, like, take out the frustration was to put the blame on someone else which is uh sad and surprisingly very human <laughs> humans do that all the time so um when Ames's mother uh you know gets onto her and, and then uh she says um everything else what dad said everything was fine nothing would change you said right here or you sat right there and didn't argue. Did he lie? Did you? So it's like, I think com confrontation is difficult with a lot of people. Especially when, you know, they know that they're in the wrong for not 
telling you that there's a problem and just sliding over it. So it's also, it also mirrors when me and my family had to move because of that rat situation, blaming me for my messy room that is like two stories above where the infestation is. And it's like, what? What? Are, are you serious? Like, you cannot be serious. You know, like, it's funny now because I see the, I see the, um, I see it, the connection, but it's, I don't know, it's just something that I think a lot of parents do because they don't know how to cope. And say what you will about older century style parenting. Now, a lot of it was jacked up, honestly, but they would also be like, hey, you need to know that we are poor now. <laughs> Oh my goodness you need to know that we are poor now we cannot afford to have these many meals a day i didn't want to tell you because i didn't want you to be worried about anything but i cannot allow this to happen that's one of the reasons why i think <clears throat> with that's why i think there's always like a disconnect because when your parents were well off before they got together and then their wealth grew when they did get together. And then as they lived their life and then they had you, they had enough foresight to be like, hey, we need to um, up our game in money making. Or the, the man was like, hey, I am going to have to be away from you for some time so that I can be able to afford you not working or... So I can be able to afford this child that's coming and, you know, so you don't have to be stressed about this and that and this and that. Like that to me is a real man. And I know, I know that uh, a lot of people will say, oh, well, he's not this and he's not that like in the physical, in the physical aspect, but that is a real strong characteristic of what a real man is. Is, you know, saying, hey, I understand that this is happening. We need to make some adjustments. This is how I plan to do it. Are you okay with this? I'm not sure how, like, I'm not sure how he told um, his wife about, you know, all of this money that was coming in. But now... Now things are, I, I don't know, like, I don't understand. Like, for me personally, I just never understood the dad in this story. Because she has these issues that she can't talk out with her husband. And she's taking it out on her daughter. The husband isn't taking it out on the kids because he knows that he's wrong. She's holding him accountable. He's holding her accountable. And now the kids are like, hey, we want answers. Things are being weird here. And I'm not comfortable because everything is strange and I can't talk to you. And when you cannot talk to your parents, when you cannot, 
you know, have that safety net, that's when you go to other people. So she went to her other friend and she started smoking and drinking in that car. If you remember from an earlier episode, that is not the smartest thing to do, especially because they were under the influence and anything could have happened. They could have run into some guys at a gas station. Something could have happened there. Um, serial killers are everywhere. They come in all shapes and forms. So could have been a girl serial killer. Could have uh, been a girl rapist. Could have um, had an accident. Could have gotten arrested and then um, like, violated, could have, um, went to jail, said something that they thought was okay in society or whatever, and this particular, uh, inmate, like, they're just there for the night, but I realized that when you go into a jail, and when you go into fast food restaurants, a lot of time, it, it doesn't matter where you are, honestly, a lot of times, um, you meet different types of people of all backgrounds and things like that. And sometimes the slightest thing can set them off and you don't know. And something could have happened. I mean, like the possibility of bad things and great, wonderful things are endless. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just looking into, into it too much. But honestly, I think that they should all sit down together. Um, and then talk about this openly and honestly. And then when they get their situation settled within that, within, you know, the group of the mother, the father, and um, <clears throat> Ames, then bring Chrissy in, explain, and, you know, like, you know, explain it to her in a way that she can understand. And now it's a family problem because the head of the family, the father, messed up. And all you can do is live through it. Because, say for instance, they didn't tell them and they the parents were lucky enough to get out of it. And then some years later, somehow, some way, she finds out. And then she's just in a state of, oh my God, my parents are liars. You know, it it cuts off the trust. I know it's hard not to lie, especially when you've used lying to get out of a lot of bad situations that you may have put yourself in or that you allow to put or you allow someone else to put you in. But it's really true that I know people don't like it when I quote stuff from the Bible or from the from the Quran, but it's actually, it's very true. Lying breeds problems. It honestly does. Sometimes a lie, it, it can breed something of a good decision or a good reaction. But oftentimes, the lie is still no good. It's, lying is still no good. So it says here, Mom looked down at the computer. She pressed her lips together until her mouth was thin and bloodless. I don't like your shouting, Ames, but I'll answer the question. No, I didn't lie. However, since there is no cash coming in, it seems reasonable to slow the cash going out. Economize a little. That's all. We've let our spending get out of hand. Okay. Once again, budgeting. It's, it's one of the things... 
that I think universally, even if you're super mega rich, still, when you have a budget, <laughs> I don't know, you just have a plan, okay? You just, you just have a plan, okay? And I don't, I don't, let me see, let me go back, because I don't think she was shouting. Let me see. Yeah, because it doesn't emphasize that she was shouting, but she may have raised her voice from, oh, really? Like, come on, mom. Like, I'm not stupid. Like, really? I, I Like, this is absolutely insane. That's not shouting like, you know what? You should not be. You're not lying to me. You're a bad parent. You know, like, like that to where someone can hear you from upstairs. With a door already closed up there. It's like, no, it's not shouting. It's just, like, allowing your voice to raise an octave and be like, hey, you're getting upset with me. I'm being authoritative and telling you that this, you know, you being upset with me is not fair. Like, you told me something. I took it as the truth. You didn't even allude to something else being wrong. Except for dad losing his job. You didn't tell us why. You didn't tell us for how long. And like in the episode I said before, it is perfectly okay to get a job flipping burgers. It's okay. It may be, it may seem like it's a little bit demeaning or whatever, but he's been out of work for about a month. Okay. I'm not saying I have been out of work for a month and come January 1st. Well, not the first, but uh, February 1st, I think I will be out of a job once, once more for a month. I mean, I wanted to start the first month of my new year you know, uh, getting myself together, planning, uh, disciplining myself, but also I'm in a space to where, yes, I've already paid off my bills for the new year for January. Um, the only thing I have left is to pay off for, um, like just to have about, I would say about 200 for just monthly, um, like eating and snacking allowance ish type stuff and you know uh like my phone bill like my phone bill some money for eating uh I don't think I'll be doing any shopping uh during that month but I have enough I have about 300 so um if I want to shop I can but I don't think that I will because there's there's other things that I need to do like I need to like that 300 can easily go to my doctor and my dentist like literally is just enough to where I'll be able to make both appointments I'll be able to get myself um like get an overall health view for myself because I don't know I chicken out um there are other obligations and then I just get scared and then there's like oh well if I have all of this money that is going to these doctors these professionals to help me understand my health so that I can you know, go to them once a year and not be scared of what's going to happen to my body and not go. 
another three years from now. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, one of the things that I would mark in my health, well, not mark in my health, but in, like, my own personal wealth is I can be able to go to my doctor, my family doctor, my gynecologist, my dermatologist, my dentist, my ear, nose, and throat doctor. I don't have any of these types of doctors. Uh, not like not anymore not since we switched states but I'm saying having that and a like a therapist you know like that is also they are also doctors and they are also very needed especially uh living in this here 2020 going on to 2021 and nobody is actually for sure what's gonna happen it's very scary Okay, it's very scary. I'm trying to um, be more spiritual. I'm trying to um, get back into uh, the way that I was coming into 2020. I'm trying to get back into that. So that come 2021, in just about four days time. I won't be floundering like I was for this entire year I mean 2017 me would have been like you should have been gone you should have had your own place you should have been at a better job you should have at least made manager and all of that stuff in like January of this year and you didn't you didn't do that but you know it's better late than never, but, you know, if my 2017 self were to tell me now, going into 2021, you should be ashamed of yourself for allowing your procrastination of living your life to go on this long. And, I mean, I I know that I have, a, like, a bunch of problems, but, I mean this whole balance thing. I'm learning so much about balance and, you know, rereading books like this, uh, rereading, um, some of my journals that survived <laughs> moving, um, uh, just, uh, watching some of the YouTubers that are literally all about balance and things like that, all about, uh, level up culture or whatever, you know, for your mental stability and everything. Like, just re-watching them. They are... They're just... All of, like, those mediums. I know people are like, oh, you don't do anything except for do this, do that all day. I'm telling you, YouTube doctors and nurses have literally been the only contact with medical information at all that I've ever like that I've had at all this year um I did go to an eye doctor he's not like my personal eye doctor person I don't really even remember his name but
Um, okay. Let's just uh, get back to the story. <clears throat> mm, okay. So it didn't um it didn't say anything about her being about her shouting or whatever, but I do understand that her mother is stressed and she doesn't know how to deal. Mom made a dismissive wave. See, there's dismissiveness, I think, in her demeanor every time she has to deal with um, her children because she doesn't want to be the one to burst that bubble of our life is okay, everything is fine. Never mind, how was dinner at M's? She's grounded again for being out late. I lied. See, the lying is starting. It's flourishing in this environment. And that's actually how she gets, um, not catfished, but that's actually how she gets involved with this guy. You know, she easily lied. She, because at first, um, she was feeling uncomfortable, you know, she was feeling uncomfortable and she didn't know she was disoriented when her dad lied to her friend. Um, Earl says, for her birthday, he's going to put a junior lawyer in his firm on retainer for her. That was the truth. He told me that on the way home. I don't think he was joking. Yes, well, that's Earl's idea of parenting, Mom said. My cue to leave. Night, Mom. I didn't wait for an answer. Later, I heard Dad come upstairs. He closed their door and words of their argument were too muffled to make out. I turned on my iPhone and stuck in my earbuds and tuned out. Um, um, in one of the high schools that I went to, I, there was there was this, this one girl, actually in two, actually, I met. There was uh, one, her parents were divorcing and um, she kind of clinged on to me. I didn't know, like, what to do. I didn't know, because my parents, uh, they were never married. They were just together. So, we didn't go through uh, divorce type stuff. Even though common law marriage, you know, still, they both always kept their respecting houses, you know, so... It wasn't a divorce, but I knew the pain of the splitting, and it hurt. But I guess that's all. It's okay. But one of the things that she said was that she spent the entirety of the divorce, which was most of, was like most of the ending of her. her Wait, no. Yeah, the ending of her junior, not her junior year, but her sophomore year, uh, her summer, her entire summer, in the beginning of her junior year. And she said that her ear, like her hearing was crazy. Her doctor was very upset with her. Like, she was like, you're damaging your ears. She was born with sensitive ears anyway. So the fact that she's blasting music in her ears and, you know, just trying to zone out. Because some people can't zone out 
with nothing in their ears. I think um, um, I can actually do that. I can zone out without, like, I can zone out and not hear anybody that's, like, talking, like, right in my ear. Like, they are so close. They can be like this in my ear. What? <laughs> I'm like, like, what'd you say something to me? Like, <laughs> my ability to zone out is crazy. <laughs> it's really crazy. So, um, sometimes it's willful, sometimes it's not. But, you know, I, I end up not hearing a lot of crazy things. But, um, she almost damaged her hearing completely because of the shouting behind closed doors not in front of you but always behind closed doors so you know that they're shouting are they shouting about you are they shouting about your grades is it something personal that they are going through is it something that it's a familial thing is it a societal thing like is society looking at us weird for something that we didn't know that was weird that we do and we share it, it was just like a bunch of questions and just difficult. Um, the other the other person was actually a guy, and he literally said, um, "I understand the assignment. Uh, I do my assignments alone." He was my uh, lab partner, and he was like, "I understand. You know, you're a real sweet person, but I'm not trying to work with you." And um, because we literally had to talk, we had to, um, <clears throat> I actually covered for him one day when we had a substitute, but I did not know that the substitute teacher was also very vigilant. I, uh, I, I, I knew his character a little bit from like the few months before, you know, when it's the first like start of school or whatever and everybody introduces themselves well when you transfer in the middle of the year like I did it's like um it's like uh you know kind of like the same thing only it's kind of down the road tell them a little bit about yourself you know I like this I like that and then it's the next person and then you are still standing up in front of the class telling people about yourself and you have to stand there till everyone in the class tells themselves about tells you about themselves and I don't know if that's uh normal for a bunch of kids or or whatever but I know that was the case for me and I just kind of remembered how he was like some time ago and the teacher sat like sat us down and was like you guys did not do this paperwork together it was already graded and we were in trouble of getting it revoked and they were like next lab you two literally have to take turns writing and I have to see and like so part of the lab was in class and part of the lab was outside of class so literally we went through this whole process for about two weeks and then after that we we got graded it wasn't the best grade but it was okay and we were both okay we were chill about it um but I just I later found out that you know he 
would do his work so that he wouldn't fail. But he didn't care about his work anymore. Science used to be his favorite subject, but he didn't care anymore. Because <clears throat> his parents, who often encouraged, they were science buffs. They like science. Like, they were arguing. and It was a bunch of stuff. He didn't know what was going on. And he couldn't figure out what was going on. So... When he couldn't figure out what was going on, he just kind of like, you know, I don't even like science anymore because apparently that was their um, daily talk. They would talk about that in the morning and, you know, just in passing and they would make science jokes and stuff. So he pretty much hated science. (laughs) He hated science. (laughs) And I mean, like, it's not funny, but, you know... That it, it just happens. The thing that you love becomes the thing that you hate because, you know, of some other situation or relationship that is out of your control. It's crazy. Um, but the other thing uh, is that her her judging, um, not Ames, but her mother, it says, well, that's Errol's idea of parenting. First of all, ma'am, you are not doing such a bang-up job. And this is me speaking as the reader. Uh, I'm not sure how other people in the town... Because it doesn't give other town uh, people's perspective. It's not that kind of book. Um, it's just from Ames POV. And I was just thinking, like, wow. Some people who know the situation are probably telling you, like, because... I I don't know any people who are child psychologists or whatever, but there's always that one person who's lived through just all forms of just ugh, anguish with their kids. Maybe it was their fault. Maybe it was their kid's fault. Maybe it was this and that other factor or whatever, but they have an okay relationship now they have grown and they have seen the the era of their ways and they've tried to mend their relationship and they went through a bunch of things to do that um it may not have been as intense um as certain situations but they often you know say hey this is what I went through this is um something that I went through and this is how I handled it. You might want to, you know, expand and talk to your kids about this and about that. And I've heard people literally say, you don't have to tell me anything about my kids. My kids are fine. And I'm like, wow. They're like actual doctors are like, hey, I make my living sending children um, not in a sexual way or anything like that. I l- legit care about children and their well-being. Um, <clears throat> this is me giving you free advice. It's free. Um, I'm trying to help you. I think of you as a person who could potentially be, like, a good friend to me, you know, or just, like, an acquaintance or an uh, associate or whatever, like, I'm doing this to help you. I'm, I'm trying to help you. And they're just like, you know what? I don't want your help. And it's like, but why? Like, your idea of parenting and my idea are 
two separate things. Well, let's sit down. Let's talk about how we parent. Let's find a common denominator. The children, the the well-being of the children, the effects of our decisions on our children. And let's find a way to help. Let's find a way to actively communicate. I think a lot of just people who have the ability to be parents but should not parent, uh, I think that they're just like, well, you know what? It is what it is. And that's absolutely not true. Going on to page 75. So... Hold on, someone's coughing. I'm going to check on who's coughing, see if they're all right. I'll be right back. Okay, I checked on them. Um, they're all right. Um, yeah, okay. They're fine. Um, allergies, man, that's not going to be nice. Allergies, even. Okay. Uh, okay, so it says, uh, during the first week after his announcement, Dad stayed buried in his study, coming out only for dinner, so that was his way of coping. But, uh, the chicken is good, he said, isn't it? Dad glanced at me over his wine. Your mother makes a killer chicken, Marcella. He didn't look at Mom. It is good, Mom. You haven't taught me to make this. We should, Mom's voice cracked like a dry bone. Get any leads today, Randall? How many calls did you make? Okay. So, this, um, this comment. Okay. So, she tries to, she tries to make she tries to make conversation as the dad tries to make conversation. Um, he's dealing with, he's trying to process with his life collapsing. Um, the mother is also trying to deal with that. And so is the daughter. So, um, instead of, you know, talking about that exactly, uh, about getting a job or whatever, uh, She's like, you know what, mom, you, you should teach me how to make this. And that would be something that's not, um, based in the fact that they may lose their everything, I guess. And it it could be something like, because when you find ways to just break away from all of your problems and just do something that's fun or do something that's creative, something that you want to do or learn or whatever. And you often, oftentimes, I'm not saying this happens all the time, but I am saying often, oftentimes when you literally allow yourself to forget, allow yourself to do something else, allow yourself to, um, just break away from all of the, the worries and all of the responsibilities or whatever, and just, like, do something fun. You often find ways on how to deal with your problems. One of the things that I really love about um, 80s dance musics, like, well, not 80s dance music, but uh, the dancing 
movies, the movies that surround dancing and the arts and things like that, they literally dance their problems away. That is literally one of the most used tropes, I would say, um, <clears throat> in musicals and things like that. Well, in theater, there's a saying, you know, when singing isn't enough, dancing will do, you know? And when dancing won't do, I mean... Literally, yelling, screaming, anything. It's a form of just expression. And it often helps the lead character. And usually, you know, if you do this in real life, people think you're crazy. People that are like, are you insane? You're not living in a movie. This is real life. But literally, allowing yourself to let go, not care what anyone else thinks. Allowing yourself to let go. And then come back. Pull back from it. And you're like, okay, my mind is clearer now. I can see all too well where we all soon will be. I love that song. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you strip away. Oh my gosh. I'm going to get sued. <laughs> okay, no, I'm not going to get sued. But I, I love that song. It's called uh, Too Much Heaven on Their Minds. Uh, and the one, the version that you should listen to is Carl Anderson, okay? Do not rob yourself. Carl Anderson. That's ugh, the best version of the song. Anyway, um, <clears throat> but you know, like, I'm pretty sure that if they all just talked about it openly, came together to form a consensus, they could get through this as a family. But <clears throat> sometimes parents think that, you know, we can get through this as a family um, of adults. We can't allow our children to have to deal with this. But when you don't uh, be honest to a point, you know, like including your children in these things, you will literally be just, <laughs> it just is it's not good. It's not good. Uh, anyway, back to what I was saying. Dad finished his glass, then poured another. He looked so long to answer. He took so long to answer. I could swear he must be counting his teeth. I worked on my resume today. It wasn't. It hasn't been updated in years. He pushed away from his half-finished meal and stood. Excuse me. Ames, Chrissy, I need to get back to work. He took his wine to his study. So, working on your resume. When you have an extensive resume that you that you don't like keep well track of, one of the things that my mother told me uh, before uh, before everything got to to be too much to remember, she literally told me, "Okay, write down the day you got hired, the day you first worked, and everything like that. Like you want an indel, wait, no, not an indel, an in depth." detailed resume of when you first started this day when you did that and when you did that your reasons for leaving what were the uh, the things why were you leaving uh uh what time you know like did you put in your resignation did you get fired this and this and that and when they call you in for an interview it's you know it's best when you schedule this to actually 
uh, have an, have like an email attachment to that and you email them and you give this to them and you're like, okay, this is my extensive uh, resume. Uh, please uh, understand that there is still more to me than just this resume. Uh, and I will see you during our meeting. Now, if they take it upon themselves to actually uh, read through this or whatever, it just makes you look better and it makes you look more professional and also it makes you, you know, look more honest because you're here airing out all your dirty laundry and still in good hopes that they will hire you. Um, but the, th the whole thing about his... Um, Resume, resume not being updated. Um, I was always told, you know, when you get your taxes and right after you pay your taxes, update your resume, okay? Because if you are not liking your return, you're like, I can go somewhere else. I can go somewhere where they value me more. Yeah. Mm hmm And I also see that he didn't, um, that he didn't uh, even acknowledge the mother maybe he was like I don't want to talk about this for a while I don't want you know the da our daughters to hear this type of thing um some parents are like that and he's like well you know what it's it's fine I'm just gonna bring it up at the dinner table that's where we have our family talks he can't wiggle his way out of this one and that was wrong. That was wrong to do, you know, especially when, well, I'm not sure. I'm just speculating at this point. Um, but here we go. It says, Ames, you have kitchen duty tonight. Mom slapped her napkin on the table. I have to have a little personal time. She shoved through the kitchen doors. I knew where she was headed. Personal time meant she would sit at the piano. Mom didn't play. But she loved to sit at the bench, her fingers humming, bur humming, humming, birding over the keys, not making a sound. Her eyes closed. I guess the symphony was in her head, shoving out the disorder she he she hated. Okay, so that's her mother's personal time. That's how she copes. Um, I don't really know the story behind that, but I I really don't know. Uh, the next night and the next night, um, the night after that, there was no attempt at dinner conversation. After dinner, mom and I cleaned up and mom asked, how was school? Um, I tried to find a mom friendly way to say that people were avoiding me at school. Uh, Edwin is still trying to trip up our teacher to show off, but he just puts his foot in his mouth and then he falls on his face because he can't balance. Nothing from mom. I don't think he's trying to impress me anymore. He doesn't speak to me. Not even hello. Still nothing. Things are pretty weird at school. I'm kind of fe I'm feeling kind of... Be careful with that, Ames. You know I don't like you to stack the plates. So she was just about to say, things are happening at school. No one's talking to me because they know things about... Our family that I don't know. Um, I'm not saying that I went through this exactly, but I do remember I had a crush on a boy at school. I think it was at school. 
or whatever. All I know is that one of my family members went to school with me and one of my church members went to school with me and somehow, way or another, they all found out. Now, he uh, was of the Islamic faith and so, you know, I, uh, a Christian and a Muslim, it isn't necessarily a no-no in the Quran, but uh, I think the only thing is, well, actually, I don't even know. I haven't read the Quran in a long time. Um, and to be fair, I have not read my Bible in a long time. Once again, as I have said earlier in this episode, trying to get back into my spirituality of the whole thing. Mm. Um, when, when I actually was just like okay well you know what fine i do like him um you know everybody was like yeah we knew we knew already um i was having personal problems that i happened to tell my mother and she happened to tell other people and i was like wait why would why did you tell them that why would you allow them to know that and then it's like oh well you don't know anything about me what i'm going through and then It was like, wow, well, we kind of do know. You want to know how we kind of know? Hmm? Because your mother told us. Your mother told us that you told her right from your own mouth. So if she was lying to us, that means that you lied to your mother. You are the liar. You don't know what's going on with yourself. It's like, really, dude? (laughs) Why would you... Why? So, you know, when I find people who are saying, you know what, I don't think I can talk to my parents. I don't think I can do that when I was faced with that in high school. But, um, like, with other people, <coughs> like, with people I didn't know or whatever, and they're like, I want to tell you because I know that you don't tell secrets. So-and-so and so-and-so told me that, you know, like, uh, this person told you something and you just when you wouldn't tell them you know the school gossip <laughs> the other person's business and I really respected you when I heard that so I want to tell you my secret now I want to tell you what's going on with me now and you know uh I think that we it'll be all right if we really talked so um <clears throat> When that was uh, a form of me becoming a mom figure for some, some of my fellow classmates, it made me uncomfortable just a little bit. Then it made me happy. Then it made me sad. And you know, I went through a spectrum of emotions, and I was just like, "Why do I feel this way?" Like I'm not your mother, but then I realized that oh, things like this, you know, uh, that. Things like this, where this family is not being completely honest uh, with one another or each other. It's like, oh, well, I can be completely honest with someone else because they're removed from my immediate uh, personal responsibility. So, mm, okay. And then it says, next night, how school aims. Um, Emma's pregnant. Me too. Alien abduction. I'm thinking. <sighs> But I aced my literature quiz. That's excellent. That's what I thought to say. 
Night three, I bailed on kitchen duty and followed dad to his study. I knocked but didn't wait for an invitation to enter. So boundaries are being crossed now. Um, usually, I know it's a it's a little thing, and you know that is his daughter, but she could have seen anything in that study. She could have seen pictures of dead people or whatever. You know, he is a lawyer, but <sighs> porn, anything, anything. Anyway, you knock and wait for an answer. That's like. Courtesy. I don't know. Um, da, 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 da. I strolled in and sat down in the chair. The chair was a leather wing backed, big, cushion soft like cave kind of chair. A family member sat there for the important talks. It was a signal, serious business ahead. So, this is something that is considered a family norm. Things in her family are not going normal. So she's gravitating to what she knows. Okay, spill, Dad said. Things aren't fine. Dad sighed and slumped in his um, ergonomically correct desk chair. E-R-G-O-N-O-M-I-C-A-L-L-Y. Ergonomically? That's a word, man. <laughs> okay. Not at the moment. True. I waited. So, <sighs> they could have just said this before. Some months. Well, not some months, but some weeks before. Dad rubbed his forehead like he was easing a headache. Things have been a little um, tense. You think? Dad grinned and almost chuckled. Almost chuckled. Not really, but, you know. Sarcasm never helps. But just this once. So, see, this is this is a family dynamic. This is... She can joke and stuff with her dad, but she can't with her mom. I think that was said in the first episode. Um... Da-da-da-da-da. Um... Da-da-da-da-da. Now I grinned. Seriously, Ames. This is just a rough patch. Your mother, he trailed side and started again you already know robin and your mother don't didn't have much money but you don't know how bad it was they were poor terribly poor your mom doesn't talk about it it embarrasses her how they had to live robin she never thought she wait she never thought that being without money made you poor so she still didn't think they were your mother is frightened right now She's afraid, terrified, really, of being poor again. Okay. <laughs> They're not rich. They're well off. They're middle class. And she's afraid of being like me. I mean, I'm living with my middle class family, but I am essentially a poor person. I understand. I don't know. <sighs> you know, this is one of the themes of uh, Jay Gatz, actually. He was very poor, dirt poor. And literally, when he left home, he was like, I'm not getting back to this, especially when I got 
Daisy that I'm looking at. Daisy that I want. I'm not going to be poor. Like, no. No. I don't need to get the girl I want. I need to live the life I want. I need to be secure. <laughs> I'm joking, but, you know, people actually do, you know, feel like this. And I mean, like, one of the things, um... It wasn't really on Disney Channel like that, but um, I remember Sterling Knight. He has the most beautifulest blue eyes that I have ever seen. Uh, you know, apart from um, Gene Wilder. <laughs> um, okay, so... <sighs> I... I remember Starstruck. It was a very good movie. I love it, actually. But I hate that I forgot a, a good chunk of it. So, he's super rich, right? Super, super rich. And this middle-class family, and I, I don't even know the girl. She's a girl with dark hair. She's pretty. Whatever. Um, She's going to show him what it's like to be not rich and not fancy and things like that i mean it when you literally make friends and fall in love with a poor person you decide to you know step away from your life for just a little bit i'm pretty sure most people would want to step away to a middle class life they would not want to step away into a poor life because why what on earth are you thinking like middle class people will be like i am you know i'm so privileged i don't know it's strange to me but that's okay that's okay it's okay that it's strange I don't think that there's anything wrong with it the only thing is is that like wow I mean just wow like okay let me calm down <laughs> okay so I know some middle class people that I went to high school with. They knew that I was poor. I mean, they saw my clothes. They they saw how just they they just they knew I was poor. Okay, I was poor with no good sense of fashion. Um, I was very overweight, so I had a tough time um, trying to make myself look nice and presentable you know so um and i i don't um even i don't even feel bad about that part because i talked to a friend who was like you know i'm going to a fashion designer school or whatever in san diego i don't even know if there are some there if you are in san diego please let me know tell me um are there any fashion schools there? But anyway, she was like, I'm going to go there. And she was like, you know what? It really is hard dressing a body that is pretty much huge. Because when you have a lot of excess fat and surface area to cover, <laughs> you want to look classy. You want to look nice and elegant. Or you want to look chic 
And, you know, you don't want to look frumpy and gross and just ill-kept, okay? You want to look as nice as that Victoria's Secret model, as nice as that Fashion Nova model, although you know you probably never will have that shape of either model. You still want to, you know, look good about yourself, accentuate your curves that are nice that, you know, men like to see and women get, you know, envious of and they compete. Oh, my boobs are bigger or, oh, no, they're perkier, you know, it's, it's strange, it's weird, you know, no way, that's not true. Everybody's beautiful. You can style whatever. There are people like this. <laughs> oh my goodness. <sighs> I know you can style whatever, but there are challenges, okay? And one of the challenges is trying to style something that isn't really curvaceous in the places that you want it to be convert like curvaceous in and everything so like I got off track again oh my god we were talking about being poor yeah mm -hmm. yeah so middle class people would rarely ever like they probably would date someone who's poor or whatever and it might be real love or whatever but more often than not they would become middle class blue collar people not middle class white collar people um but still they are middle class now if you're upper middle class like you have two to three cars and you can like i don't know but with a little bit of budgeting you can go on vacation like at the end of the summer or something like that. And you can do this on just like two months notice. A lot of poor people are like, hold on, I need an entire year. I need a special budget. I need some help. I need a trip to um, the church pantry. I'm going to need some groceries. Like, that's what it is. Oh, there's another thing. Um... Earlier this month, Kiki Palmer, um, I think she's a she's a cool actress. Um, I know her from True Jackson VP and Aquila and the Bee, and in that other movie that she was in, uh, Jump In with Corbin. Oh my God, I so wanted them to get together. They look so cute together. Anyway, um, she was in something controversial. Uh, about food stamps and things like that and people are like oh my god but you're rich and you're this and you're that and like ooh and ugh. and it was just so much like she I think her original uh text or Instagram tweet purse I, I don't know she was on one of those things and she said that she thinks that um that the healthy food should be free on the ebt card so you would still get you know an amount of money but you would like literally you would be able 
to get healthy, clean food, you know? And I cannot agree with her more. They were like, you know, that healthy food is this and that, and it costs so much. And and then they were like, you know, but she's saying get the healthy food for free, like kale and all of those super, super health healthy foods. Literally, I try eating healthy snacks for literally like a week and I was amazed. It was a few things, um, not even things that I really even liked, but uh, I had some discomfort in my chest where my heart lies and I was terrified I looked on um, WebMD and they were like, oh, it could be cancer. Oh, it could be a stroke, heart attack, this, that. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't been to the doctor in so long. I've been eating horribly. I um, I haven't been sleeping right. I haven't been drinking water a lot lately. Oh my God, I cannot afford to have a heart attack. I am so scared. I am still in the obese category. I am... I'm scared, you know, and and I bought all of this stuff, not as a quick fix, okay? It was never as a quick fix. Last week, um, my sister and I walked to the store. It was about a 15-minute walk, and we got so much unhealthy food and unhealthy, like, snacks. It was, like, $26 worth of expensive quick trick snacks, and I am just, like... Why did we even do that? <laughs> we probably should not have done that. But we did. And, you know, when we walk, it was nice to walk. It was nice to walk. Um, we didn't social distance from each other. I mean, we were going to the same place from the same place. And we were going back to the same place. But we did keep our mask around our neck, um, just in case, like, to pull it back up, you know, in case we encountered some people. There was a guy setting up for um, some type of interview or whatever outside. He didn't have a mask on. So we literally crossed the street. We kept walking, and we made it home. And, I mean, like, it was it was nice. It was nice to walk. And, I mean, our bodies were like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Why are we walking? <laughs> but, you know, it was it was a change, okay? It was a change, and my body was like, I kind of don't like this, but my mind is like, this is nice. And so, once again, balance. I need balance within my body, you know? And um, this mother, I think she just needs balance, like, literally if she i mean i wonder how their love story started was he a well-off lawyer person or business person or or whatever and he had this and he had that and she was like you know what i have a man that is going to take care of me and you know she has children now and he hasn't faltered at all but now that He's about to falter, and her budget is is gonna look like what she had growing up. She's she's in his words terrified, really, of being poor again. She's not acting mean, 
Wait, she's acting mean, not scared. I said, and that's Ames. And he explains it also. Uh, Dad turned back toward his computer. Being mean is easier than admitting you're scared. I waited for him to say something else, to turn around and hug me or something, anything. I stood up. Close the doors on your way out, he said. So she was looking for just like a little bit of reassurance. Like, I need one parent to show me some love and affection. I need something. Uh, that's also how she fell in with this dude. I mean, we are still on page 78. Literally, throughout this whole episode, we haven't even... Oh, part two is close. Part two is freaking close, man. It's... Oh, man, it's so close. <laughs> okay. Um, am I... Are we almost over with rompus school? I mean, like, come on, man. It's been two hours. I still don't know. Oh, my God. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, my God. Rompus school is... It's long, bro. <laughs> okay. Jesus! We have about 30 pages. <laughs> 30 pages. Okay. So after this, I'm going to, um, hold on. I need to find a nice cutoff point. Oh, well, I guess this is the cutoff point. So he's like, you know what? Close the doors on your way out. Bye. Um, he also just, um, did exactly what her mom did. He was kind of mean to her. Well, not really mean, just he was worried about himself and you know how he was gonna cope and that's normal that's normal I'm not gonna try to take that away from my father but um yeah like I I understand and I I'm understanding it as I'm reading it I'm analyzing it as I'm reading it however she's not analyzing it fully in the moment I think and I think that really hurt her so um Hey, that's uh, the, the end for this. We literally have one more paragraph on this page. I was about to literally. <sighs> okay, anyway. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. That took about an hour. It's, well, actually, no. It took about a whole entire documentary type movie lord of the rings type harry potter type movie time span like you know those movies that are based on books and they are literally like two and a half maybe close to three hours long and you're like wow wow i am sorry okay i am very sorry for taking up most of your time but um that rant was really long i'm so sorry um, I'm going to see if I can try to cut it out. I'm not sure. I might cut out a bunch of stuff. A lot of times I only cut out like two to three seconds, maybe a minute out. And then I just keep going. I don't know why. But uh, I guess it's just my editing style. Okay, I will see you guys. Peace out. We will finish the rest of Rampa School in the last... Um, like the last 30 pages, which is the, the rest of this chapter, it will be completely over. Trust me. 
I don't care if it's an hour long. I don't care if it's an hour, 30 minutes long. We will get through this chapter together. Okay, go live your life. Peace out.